Bishop Dr. Michael Hutton Wood, the senior pastor of House of Judah, UK, the Happy Church, presents six dynamic life-changing books that will catapult you to higher heights entitled Success Has No Uncles, 12 Cancers to Avoid at All Costs in Leadership, Ministry, and Management. You have only one life. Make it count. Understanding and releasing the power of first fruit offerings and tithes. Invoking the incredible power of altars and sacrifices. Forgive, but don't forget. Success is self-determined. Success consists of little daily efforts. And failure consists of little daily neglects. Daniel said, I understood by books. No matter what life throws at you, stay focused and keep moving through relevant and current information. These books are definitely a must for your library. Order your copies today by calling or visiting our website, www.housejitter.org.uk or using the information on your screen. So today I am going to share what I couldn't finish on Movers and Shakers. So I kindly asked my twin brother, to allow me to have today as the sickest extended version. So quickly, I'm going to share in the next few minutes a very, very important um, topic, smart thinking leadership, how leaders invent ideas. Smart thinking leadership, how leaders invent ideas. First, let me talk about the mind. The mind is the most important tool for success in any leadership um, adventure, any leadership endeavor. Your mind is the most powerful tool for success. However, I saw every leader who has been able to fully utilize the mind to achieve success. Most people use their mind to either worry that is using the mind to magnify problems or think that is using the mind to generate ideas. So worrying is using the mind to magnify problems. Thinking is using the mind to generate ideas as a result of the problem. But you see, those who worry underperform in life. Those who think are average performance in life. But those high performers they don't worry. They don't think. They think smart. They think smart. So smart thinking leaders that I call STLs go beyond thinking to smart thinking. So what then is smart thinking? What then is smart thinking? Smart thinking is the capacity of the mind to convert ideas into inventions. Smart thinking is the capacity of the mind to convert ideas into inventions. So anytime your eye sees a problem or your ear hears a problem, your mind attempts to offer a solution. That solution your mind attempts to offer is what we call an idea. So take for instance, I'm watching football with my wife and uh, sees Ghana is losing and she immediately turns into a coach and begins to ask for the coach to replace this player 
For instance, you guys in the UK recently played against uh, Italy. Unfortunately, um, the cup didn't come home. And uh, I'm sure that was you were watching the match. You had a lot of solutions for the English coach. Because that is the, that is the nature of the mind. Anytime your eye sees a problem, your ear hears a problem, your body feels something, your mind attempts to offer a solution. That solution your mind attempts to offer is what we call ideas. But whether that idea, you whether you have the capacity to take the idea from the brain cell it occupies into the world of reality, whether you are able to invent the idea into a world of reality is another thing. To be able to convert that idea in your mind, that solution in your mind, into an invention, that is, into, into creating something tangible, that is done through what we call smart thinking. So over here, I show you the th smart thinking cycle, the smart thinking cycle. First, information. First, information. Smart thinking leaders seek information. Sometimes you can be deliberate. Information will bombard you. I mean, as you get up in the day, as you go about your thing in the train, you will see information, you will see adverts going on. Somebody's behavior will send a signal of information to you, um, reading a book, um, sitting in the lecture hall, etc., etc., will send a certain information to you. That information is sent to you will, will keep you thinking, will start triggering a certain thinking. But you see, with smart leaders, they don't allow the world to bombard them with information. They are deliberate about the kind of information they are looking for because they know that information will determine their understanding. So let me explain this further. Now, Anytime your eyes see something or your ears hear something, your mind also attempts to interpret it based on an information already stored in your mind. What is the color of the t-shirt of Bishop Hutton Wood? You are likely to say blue. Why is it blue? Because you went to school and you were taught that is color blue. So you see, what your eye saw your mind is giving an interpretation to it as a result of the information already stored in your mind. This is what we call understanding. Understanding is the interpretation your mind gives to the things your ear hears or your eye sees as a result of the information already stored in your mind. So all of you watching me who have different levels of understanding of what I'm presenting today. Some of you will be confused. I won't blame you. But it won't be my fault. It will be the information already stored in your mind. Some of you will even understand it better than me presenting it. Because of the level of information already stored in your mind. Some of you will reject what I'm sharing with you. As a result of the information that has become a stronghold. That you are not ready for a new information. I'll get them and explain them better to you. So, the first key, the most important key to thinking smart 
is information. Seeking information. Success is a book away from you. Success is a sentence away from you. Success is a paragraph in a book away from you. Success is a statement away from you. In fact, success is just a phrase away from you. Just an information can transform your entire life. That is why you must seek information. Invest in books, invest in education, invest in whatever source of information that are necessary to help you think better. For me, if I go to the gym and I gym, I realize that my body functions better. But the gym of the brain is the library. That's why you must create a library, your personal library. Get all the books of very good writers like Bishop Hattingwood. Have them read them. That means you have put your mind in the gym. And you exercise it, your mind begins to think better, begins to interpret things better. Okay, now, that information you have, now becomes the foundation for the generation of ideas. So there's an information in your mind that helps you to interpret things. Some of the interpretation you give will be a solution to a problem. So I went to a training organization, a training institution to take a course. It was a week, eight-week program. Certain people left the program because it was too expensive. I left the program. It was too expensive. I couldn't afford it. Others left because it was weekday and they were busy in the office. Some in the middle of the program, their office had to record them because an emergency came. Some were parents in the middle of the course. Their children got ill and they had to withdraw from the course. So my eyes saw a problem. Based on the understanding, information already stored in my mind, I just said to myself, let me provide a solution. Let me run similar programs on weekends. So in the room, in the lecture hall, I wrote a company name, the African Center for Leadership and Human Resource Development. And then I started running these courses. And the mission statement was simple, to provide quality, affordable, short-term training programs to very busy corporate executives at the time that is convenient and at the place that is accessible. Just that, because I saw a problem, my mind based on information of very source, based on the state of my mind, based on the capacity of my mind, based on the scope of my mind, I was able to develop an idea. Today, that idea has become the Accra Business School. That idea has transformed my life, it has put food on my table. For the last 15 years, my life has changed. My whole life has changed as a result of that idea. Now, generating ideas is also sometimes a very easy thing to do. Because everybody's mind will try to offer a solution. But whether that solution is the right solution or not. I mean, some of you have never played football before. But whilst in England was playing, you were trying to ask Southgate from your tele from your room that he should change and bring on um, this player. Where is Sancho? 
Where is this one? Southgate's selection was poor. You see, your mind was attempting to offer a solution. But whether your solution, the idea, was going to be successful or not, is based on the information stored in your mind. Probably if Alex Ferguson was allowed to offer a solution, because of his experience and information stored in his mind, he will offer a solution different from what you were professing in your bedroom or in your living room. So if the information, the quality of the information determines the quality of the ideas that you develop. Bad information, bad ideas. Wrong information, wrong ideas. Gossip information, gossip ideas. <laughs> gospel information, gospel ideas. But on a more serious note, a good information will always give you good ideas. If I'm going through um, a crisis in the management of my fans in the office, how to cross, how to um, um, audit my accountant, I had to look for an auditor who already has an information that can identify the problem and offer me a solution. So the quality of your information, the kind of information you have, the type of information you have will all reflect on the kind of ideas you generate. So ideas are solutions to problems trapped in the mind. But as far as, as long as it is trapped in the mind, it is intangible. It has no value. It does not help. It does not do anything. So how do you take it out of the brain cell it occupies in the mind into the world of reality and make it an invention? The next step is what I call incubation. Now, when I started the African Center for Leadership and Human Resource Development in 2004, I said that by seven years, the institution should become a university. Why did I give myself seven years? Because the idea of having the university had to be incubated. It had to be, it had to come out at the right time. An idea is like a conception. When you take seed and you have a baby growing in your womb, the fact that you need a baby urgently does not mean that on the third month you can go to the labor ward and force the baby out. No. The baby has to go through a process known as incubation. So that by the ninth month, the baby is well built to take on the character on the environment and the challenges within the environment when the baby is born. So the baby's heart is strong enough to breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide at the ninth month. When you have a child earlier than that, the child has to be put into a, a human-made incubator to allow the, the incubator to breathe for the child. So your idea has timelines before you introduce it. Some people get ideas and they rush it out when they are not ready for it. I believe that in 2004, when I started the training organization, if I had gone immediately to say I want to start a university, it would have been, a, it would, it would have been dead on arrival. I had no name. I had no resources. I had no facilities. I had no money. I had no influence. They would have said, no, you can do it. But I took my time and incubated the idea of the university for seven years. 
by the seventh year of running training organizations, I have become so popular. I have gained enough resources. I have bought a facility. I could employ faculty. I could do everything. Now, the idea was matured to now introduce it into a very challenging environment in Ghana with all the policies and bureaucracies and all the challenges that come. But the idea had been incubated enough and had grown enough um, steam or steel to be able to stand the test of time. So information will inspire an idea, but that idea needs to be incubated. I believe that Joseph's problem when he had a dream was that he spoke too early to his brothers. He spoke too early to his brothers. The environment was not conducive for Joseph, but he did not notice it. It wasn't good for him, but he did not notice it. The, he had grown up in a broken home. His father had married several women. They all coming from different places, of different women. Rivalry had taken place among the women. Those rivalry had gone into their children. So they were virtually rivals. The rivalry between Rachel and her own sister Leah had got into their maid servants who have, they have given to their husband to have children, Jacob to have children with. And so the, it was a very poisonous environment, a rivalry environment, and Joseph should not have shared his ideas within that environment. He should have kept it, waited for it to eventually become strong enough to take on the challenges. If God had not intervened, they would have killed his ideas. So you need to make sure your ideas are well incubated. Some ideas will even require that you yourself, you build your capacity. So you keep it until you build your capacity. Some ideas will mean that you have to put some things in place before you launch those ideas. The patience to go through that process is crucial for the success of your ideas. It's very, very crucial for the success of your ideas. Now, from the incubation, you now go to what I call innovation. You see, now, having introduced your ideas, your idea into a certain environment, the challenges in London is different from the challenges in, in, in say, Manchester. What may succeed in Manchester may not succeed in London. So you need now to be able to sit down and see which environment will actually tolerate this idea. A fashion designer that wants, what a fashion designer would so in, in the UK, that would be acceptable and would be used. That same cannot be done in United Arab Emirates or in Pakistan. That same idea might not succeed there because they have strict Islamic rules that determine how people should dress, how women should dress. So innovation is your capacity to identify which kind of environment can tolerate my idea and can let my idea move on. Even when you find the environment that can tolerate your idea, that environment will also have killers of your ideas and the stimulants of your ideas. Your capacity to avoid the killers. 
and take advantage of the stimulus, uh, the stimulants of the idea is what we call innovation. What we call innovation. Then eventually, when you have gone through these processes, your idea now becomes an invention. So Akai Business School came as a result of information. The information eventually became an idea. The idea, I incubated it. After incubation, I chose an innovative method. Identified the people I wanted to teach, the people I wanted. We have a lot of innovation that goes on in Accra Business School on how we, we sell our programs. So people can copy our ideas, but they might not necessarily be able to implement it the way we implement it because I, we are a very innovative um, university and an agile business school. So these are the processes you go through. We, we are calling the smart thinking cycle. Now, there is also something that I need you to understand. It's called the seven things that determine the way smart leaders use their mind. The seven things that determine the way smart leaders use their mind. How do smart leaders use their mind? What are the things that determine the way smart leaders use their mind? They are there. Number one, your mindset. Your mindset. The information already stored in your mind. That determines your understanding. I've said it already. If the information is a bad information, you are finished. Now the mind can be set like the way we set our watches. Your mind can be set like that. For instance, as I'm speaking now, I'm trying to set your mind. I'm trying to let you think in a certain way. I'm trying to put a certain information in your mind that will now interpret the things you see. So when the white people wanted to control us, they gave us a certain type of education that set our minds. You know, the Bible says that Moses was wise in all, was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. That was why it took him 40 years to realize he was not an Egyptian, but he was an Israel. Because, you see, the Egyptians were smart. They educated him in the wisdom of the Egyptians. So they set his mind. Remember the case of Nebuchadnezzar when he asked that they should get him some of the Jews when he had conquered Jews and the Jews and has enslaved them. And he wanted some to serve in his palace. He said they should put them on a, a three-year education project. They should teach them the language of the Babylonians and the literature of the Babylonians. What was he trying to do? He was trying to set up their mind. He was trying to give them a mindset. The way I look at things and the way you look at things will be different because our minds are differently set. Our minds are differently set. So if your performance in life does not impress you, look at the information in your mind, how your mind is set. Because your mindset can lead to challenge, challenge the things that will transform your life. I'm telling you, if your mind is not properly set, you will challenge the things that will transform your life. They said, 20 years ago, your mother taught you how to marry. Things have changed. And you are still keeping to that information. Your mother, based on her own experience, told you men are wicked. Your father disappointed me. 
and I raise you alone. Men are wicked. Men are wicked. Men are wicked. Your mother has set your mind that men are wicked. So you're married to a good man. You still see him as a wicked man. Your father had a certain mindset about women because of the experience he went through with your mom. And advise you, don't trust any woman. Women are bad. Women are wicked. Women like this. And you have believed it. It has set your mind. And it's affecting your relationship. It's affecting your relationship and you can't even see it. If you are not impressed with your performance, go to your mind and do the second thing I'm going to tell you. It's called mind shift. In the Bible, it's called the renewal of the mind. If the information in your mind is not inspiring you to generate ideas, it is time for mind shift. Mind shift. Change the books you have been reading. Change who you have been listening to. Change what you have been watching. Seek new information. Challenge the information already in your mind. Challenge it and change it. That is called mind shift. Every new level requires new learning. Every new situation requires new study. Every new challenge requires new cognition. So after mind shifting, it must be a regular thing. Because information that was relevant yesterday will become irrelevant today. Information is as perishable as tomatoes. Because our world is a fast track information, it's a fast lane information, high street of information. The information that always every day a new information that made the information you had an hour ago obsolete. That is why you have to learn, unlearn, and relearn, according to my teen brother. Now, the next thing that determines the way leaders use their mind is their mind scope. How much information is your mind able to attain or contain? Your mind scope is the capacity of your mind to collect all manner of information from all manner of sources to address all manner of problems. You can't be a single-minded person. You must be multiple-minded person. And in this case, I'm not talking about doubt. I am talking about creating multiple flow of information in your mind that can help you create multiple solutions and therefore enabling you to create multiple sources of income. The mind has a capacity to learn more than you are learning. Don't do one thing. Do more than one thing. Your mind has the capacity to do that. So enlarge your, your mind scope. Read and read more. Then the next one is your mind sight. The mind, you see, there are three sights every leader has. Every leader has. Hindsight. Your ability to assess and analyze the happenings in the past to take advantage of the positives and deal with the negatives in the past. Insight, your ability to have understanding of what is happening today and foresight, your ability to see the future. When you put all these three together, it is called mind sight. Your mind is able to see the past, 
the present and the future. Leaders are able to see the past and allow the information from the past to help them make choices today and the choices today to influence tomorrow. The next one is the mind sense. This is wisdom. How you have been able to take that understanding in your mind and apply it to solution. You cannot tell me that you are wise if there is no solution that you have provided. Your workmanship is traceable to your wisdom. Your workmanship is traceable to your wisdom. And then your mind speed. Your mind speed. Your mind speed is the capacity of your mind to think on its feet. Smart leaders think on their feet. The world is no longer waiting for you to go and, to go and, um, and think about it and come back. Nobody. Why you are looking for someone? We, we live in a globalized world. The competition is steep. The competition is so, is so, um, contentious. We are in what we call contentious competition. And your mind should be able to, you should be able to think on your feet. You should be able to exercise your mind to think on your feet. If you can't think on your feet, you are finished. Among the things the book of Nazar wanted for the people who serve him, said the people should be able, those who are quick to understand, you should be quick to understand. In the corridors of power, knowledge is king. Information is king. By your ability to move that information, the ability to think fast and think before they think. You see, if you want to succeed, do in one month what others do in one year. Do in one year what others do in 10 years. And it all depends on how you exercise your mind. Finally, it should be mind scar, not mind sports. Mind scar. There are things that can really injure your mind. Especially misinformation can really injure your mind. And some people's mind has been injured. And that is the reason why they are unable to think smartly. You know something? I go back to the second one. You have to do some serious mind shifting thing. And it's going to help you. God bless you. I hope it's been a blessing to you. And I hope you have enjoyed this presentation. I still don't know whether I can hear my twin brother. If he wants me to continue to go on, I still have other things to share, but I need to hear from him and find out if I still have to go on. My twin brother, is my time up or I can still go on? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Unfortunately, today I can't hear my team, but I was sad. Okay, okay, so I have his permission to continue. Now, I want to share something with you. Something very important. This one is called Smart Talking Leadership. Smart Talking Leadership says seven most powerful words of highly persuasive leaders. The seven most powerful words of highly persuasive leaders. Leaders must talk smart. Mark Amidon says something. One of the management gurus says something. He said, language is the means of getting an idea from my brain into yours without surgery.
So you see what I'm doing, eh? I'm getting ideas from my brain into yours without surgery. And I'm using the means of a language. Every leader must have that ability to be able to speak and speak smartly and speak smartly. You see, they say uh, talk is cheap. Talk is cheap when you are gossiping. But talk is expensive when you are sharing ideas. You see, a a, a, a gossiper is a talkative who has chosen to talk about people. A public speaker is a talkative who has chosen to talk about ideas. So if we're talkative, you are supposed to make money with it. But look, you talk about people instead of talking about ideas. That's why you are poor. You have become a gossiper. BBC, um, CNN, Sky News, Ghana Television, Nigeria Broadcasting, all of them put together. They can't compete with you. Talk about people, talk about you always have news. You always have news and yet you are poor. If we're talkative, learn, get information. And you know what? Share that information. You become rich. I make money talking. My son, when he was young, told one of his friends, for those of you who are not Africans, you understand this English. My the man will talk for two days non-stop, provided you pay him. He say that I can talk for two days non-stop. Plus, I'm getting paid. If my twin brother allows me, I can go from... I've been talking since morning. I just left one class and came here. When I finish with you, I'm going back to another class to go and talk. I make money talking. You get problems gossiping. We are all talkatives. But I talk about ideas. You talk about people. So let me show you the seven most powerful ways of highly persuasive leaders. Number one is that they speak Timely words. Proverbs 15 verse 23. A man finds joy in giving an apt reply. And how good is a timely word? How good is a timely word? So a timely word is the right message delivered by the right person at the right time, at the right place, in the right way to the right person. The result is that ideas shared are well understood. Instructions are well received and the recipients are well informed and therefore the right feedback is received. That's what true leaders do. Smart leaders, smart talking leaders do. If you choose the wrong person to deliver a right message, you won't get the right feedback. If you get the right person to deliver a wrong message, you won't get the right feedback. If you have the right person, the right message, the right um, people to talk to, but in the wrong place or at the wrong time, you won't get the right feedback. So learn this. Keep this at the back of your mind. Don't rush with your words. Be quick to hear, but slow to speak because it might be timely. It might be timely. It might be timely. Two, they speak words of insight. Proverbs 5 verse 1. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen well to my words of insight. These are words spoken based on maturity and experience. Smart leaders use words of insight to provide mentoring to emerging leaders. With words of insight, they help followers to avoid costly mistakes. So as you mature in the things you do, and note that maturity is not based on age. It is based on experience. You will go through a, a number of experiences and learn through them. 
Learn through them. It will help you mature. When I met, I married at 24 and my wife was 22. But I've gone through so many experiences that at 24, I sounded like a 30-year-old man. I matured. My circumstances, my experiences have caused me to mature. Have caused me to mature. So I had words of insight. But words of insight is even more powerful when you are intellectually matured. That is when you exercise your mind by reading a lot. Then they speak pleasant words. They speak pleasant words. Proverbs 16 verse 24. Pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Pleasant words are words of encouragement and acknowledgement aimed at showing recognition, appreciation and respect. Pleasant words are words of encouragement and acknowledgement aimed at showing recognition, appreciation and respect. They may take the form of a citation, certificate of appreciation, a letter of commendation or a public acknowledgement. Small leaders use words, pleasant words, as a form of motivation to urge followers to give up their best. So it's not all the time that small leaders go and criticize people. You must learn how to appreciate people in the open when they do the right things, say the right things, and encourage them, build them, encourage them, and you see people will give up their best. And small leaders do that. They speak reliable words. They speak reliable words. They speak reliable words. Proverbs 22 verse 21. Teaching you true and reliable words so that you can give sound answer to him who sent you. Smart leaders build trust and earn respect through reliable words. They mean what they say and say what they mean. They don't just throw their words about. So let people believe that you are reliable by your words. And then they speak words of knowledge. Words of knowledge. Proverbs 23 verse 12. Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Your heart to instructions and your ears to words of knowledge. These words are based on time-tested information. Small leaders acquire relevant information which they use first for effective decision-making and secondly for coaching. The aim of coaching is to help followers improve on their performance. So smart leaders go for information, relevant information, and revolutionary information for decision-making and use that decision-making to help their followers to improve their performance. Number six, they speak quiet words. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 17. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Smart leaders know that getting into a shouting bout with others never settles issues. They believe in expression, expressing their views with decorum and respect for others. You can't, you can't be going about shouting on everybody, screaming on the top of your voice. It doesn't make you a leader. It makes you an intimidator. Finally, they speak persuasively. They speak persuasively. Proverbs 7 verse 21. With persuasive words, she led him astray. Unfortunately, persuasive words in this scripture are used in the negative sense. But of course, what do you expect if people, bad people use persuasive words? It is done with the wrong motive. However, small leaders use persuasive words to get people to understand and accept their point of view without having to impose it on them. Leaders must learn to be persuasive. 
and learn to speak persuasive words. Thank you guys. Thank you for joining me. God bless you. My twin brother, thank you for asking me to be part of this very, very great platform where you meet with um, achievers and your friends. God bless you. Thank you for having me. So I'm ending my So, my dear brother, so unfortunately, maybe I may have to read from the screen or something. Okay, so fantastic. Thank you guys for having me. Um, amazing speaking to you. And uh, sorry, I can't hear my dear brother. So the two of us will be speaking at the same time. Cause we are all talkative, so <laughs> we speak at the same time. But you see, let me tell you something. Just before you leave, you will see that um, the bank um, statements and the means in which you can sow a seed um, for this great work that the man of God is doing. Let's encourage him. Let's support him. Go ahead, sow a seed, give an offering, sow into it for those of you who wants to step into the oil on our heads? I pray for you, sow a seed and believe God for the oil on our heads to fall upon you. You can give online. Uh, you can give online. There is there. Those who have to give, pay their tithe. Those who have to give free will offerings and other things. You can see the details on your screen now. You can see the details on your screen now. It's been amazing. It's been amazing spending this time with you. God bless you. My dream brother, thank you for having me. Bishop Dr. Michael Hutton Wood, the senior pastor of House of Judah, UK, the Happy Church, presents six dynamic life-changing books that will catapult you to higher heights and title. Success has no uncles. Twelve cancers to avoid at all costs in leadership, ministry, and management. You have only one life. Make it count. Understanding and releasing the power of first fruit offerings and tithes. Invoking the incredible power of altars and sacrifices. Forgive, but don't forget. Success is self-determined. Success consists of little daily efforts. And failure consists of little daily neglects. Daniel said, I understood by books. No matter what life throws at you, stay focused and keep moving through relevant and current information. These books are definitely a must for your library. Order your copies today by calling or visiting our website www.housejitter.org.uk or using the information on your screen.